Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Amen. Well, today I just want to spend a short time with you, and I want to talk with you this morning um, about a message called God's Preparation Process for His People. That's right. God has a preparation process for you and for me, for his people. Amen. And the Bible tells us in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 4, it says this, David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned as king of Israel for 40 years. That's what it says. It says, David was 30 years old when he began to reign as king of Israel, and he reigned for 40 years. And you might say, okay, there's got to be more to that. (laughs) Well, there is. We know that David was a great king of Israel, a mighty king. He was God's king. God called him to be king. And he was 30 years old when he took the throne. But we also know that he just wasn't king out of nowhere. He didn't just become king. There's more to the story than what we just read. And truth be told is that 15 years, approximately 15 years before this verse could be true, where he was king, about 15 years prior, God anointed him to be king. God called him to be king. A lot of Bible Scholars and commentators believe that David was around the age of 15 years old when Samuel the prophet went to his house and anointed David to be the next king of Israel. He would be king one day. We read here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it says, So Samuel called by God to go to the house of Jesse to anoint one of his sons, It says, 1 Samuel 16, verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And one day he would be king. So Samuel goes, called by God, to go to the house of Jesse to anoint one of his sons. And the Bible tells us that Samuel anointed David around the age of 15 years old to be the king of Israel. So David is anointed and called by God at the age of 15. And we learn that he takes the crown and actually becomes king, puts the crown on his head at the age of 30. But notice, he wasn't given immediately the throne. It didn't just happen. It's not like he was anointed by Samuel and then immediately the next morning went to the palace and sat on the throne to become king. There was a necessary preparation process that God had to take David on so that he would be ready to be king one day. And God takes you and I on this same journey. Right now, we are all on this journey of preparation. God is preparing you. He's preparing me for what's down the road, for what's to come, for what his plans are in the future for us. Amen? There's training and there's preparation involved. 
and it's necessary. And so this morning, I want to look just for a brief time at some of God's preparation that he took David on. There's probably more that I'll miss, probably more. In fact, there'll be lots more of preparation that David went through that I'm not going to get to today. But I want to find a few points here that I feel will bless you and encourage you as you are in your own preparation process by God. So I want to go back again just before David was anointed, like we just read in 1 Samuel 16. Now, we know that Jesse, he had eight sons in total. And Samuel, when he got to Jesse's house, he said, Jesse, God brought me here. Bring out all of your sons because one of them is going to be anointed to be king. And remember, Jesse had eight sons, but the Bible tells us that only seven sons were lined up to be chosen, for one of them to be chosen. So there's Samuel ready to anoint the next, you know, future king of Israel. And Jesse brings seven of his sons out. And Samuel goes through each one. And each time, God says, no, that's not the one. That's not the one. That's not the one. There was times where even Samuel thought, this could be the one. He looks like a king, but God says no. And Samuel's like, okay, God, I went through all his sons. And you said one of his sons would be the next king. And so we read in 1 Samuel 16, verse 11 and 12. So Samuel asked Jesse, are these all of your sons? And Jesse says, they're still the youngest son. Well, he should have been lined up, right? Originally, they're still the youngest son. And so Jesse um, answered, but he said, he's tending my sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for David and had him brought in to him. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him. This is the one. This is the one. So immediately the first lesson that David learns here is some rejection. David wasn't even called to line up. And yet all his seven brothers were called. That's awful. How could a father do that to one of his sons? He was told, bring your sons out. And he said, he probably just assumed David's too young. David's just, you know, out being a shepherd. He's not like a warrior like my other sons. What rejection David must have felt. He probably looked over, you know, a hundred feet away, seen this kind of this gathering where Jesse and his seven brothers were there. And oh, there's the prophet Samuel. And he's probably wondering, what's happening over there? Why am I still here? And what's what's going on over there? Why, why did father take all my brothers and not me? Did he forget about me? And you see, sometimes God needs to allow us to go through times of experiencing rejection or just feeling kind of left out like David must have felt. Because life's going to throw at us some challenges, some hardships where people aren't going to be true to us. They're going to stab us in the back and hurt us. And we will experience that. And going through those times makes us stronger in our faith. It makes us realize that truly our own, the main relationship that we need to focus on is our walk with God because God will never forsake us. And so God had to teach David that there's going to be times of rejection in your life. And sometimes he'll teach us that as well. And that's part of our, our preparation 
so that when we are rejected, we're not going to be succumb to it. We're not going to be defeated by it. We're going to stand despite being rejected by people, knowing that we will never be rejected by God. Amen. So David is the one. And God says, this is the one, the one who seemed to be rejected, the one who was left out. He is the one that I want to be king. He is the one that you are to anoint. And Samuel anoints David. We find another part of this preparation for David that God has for him is David learns hard work. He learns hard work. And we find here in scripture at one point, David is carrying two jobs. Maybe some of you are working two jobs right now and you know what it's like to work hard (laughs) for your paycheck. Amen. But David learns hard work as a young man. We find here, we know he was a shepherd. Now, I've never been a shepherd before to actual sheep, but I can only imagine the hard work it would be. They say that sheep aren't smart, they're dumb, they're stubborn. You got to really work with them to get them following you to, so they're not walking off where all the coyotes are to eat them. You know, I'm sure they're messy animals, you know, walking around in the mud, leaving their waste all over. You got to pick up their waste with the sheep bags, kind of like a doggy bag. It's just probably a lot of hard work involved in taking care of sheep. And David was doing that hard work. And God was teaching him in the process of being a shepherd to sheep. God was teaching him that one day he would lead people. He would be a shepherd to the people of Israel. Amen. It was part of God's preparation. We also find in scripture that David was a worshiper. He wrote many, many worship songs that we find in the book of Psalms. But he also played the harp and he was a musician. And so there was a job opening for him in the palace at that time for King Saul. And King Saul was being tormented by evil spirits. He rejected God. He walked in his own ways. And God allowed a whole, uh, an evil spirit to torment Saul. And Saul requested David to work for him. And we find here in 1 Samuel 16, verse 21, David came to Saul and entered into his service to play music for him. And Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers as well. Then Saul sent word to David's father, Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am well pleased with him. Whenever the spirit or the evil spirit from God came on Saul, David would take his harp and play and then relief would come to Saul and he would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. So you see, God was teaching him hard work. Here he is one day being a shepherd for his father's sheep and then he's in the palace for King Saul playing music to help King Saul feel relief from this tormenting spirit. And some of us, we understand what it means to work hard. And sometimes we might feel like, God, this isn't what I thought I was called to. I thought there was something more that you had from my life. And yet I'm working two jobs or just one job, a job that maybe I didn't think would be this long. I didn't think I'd have to do this for this long. I thought it would just be a short season and then you'd throw me into the, you know, into the open door of your calling, of your anointing. But like David, sometimes God has to teach us lessons of hard work and, and, and going through seasons of even if we don't like what we're doing or we're tired of what we're doing, it just kind of seems 
like work, how could this work relate to my calling? God knows what he's doing. And God knew that David had to be a shepherd. And God used also his gift of being a musician and a songwriter for his purposes as well. Amen. So David had to learn hard work as part of his preparation from God to one day be king. We find also that David learns humility. 1 Samuel 17 verse 13 through 15. Jesse's three oldest sons, or David's older brothers, had followed King Saul off to war. They were warriors. The firstborn was Eliab, the second was Abinadab, and the third was Shammah. And David was the youngest. The three oldest brothers followed King Saul but to war. But David, listen, it says, But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So while, da while David is watching sheep and playing music, his older brothers are off fighting battle. They're warriors. They're with the king and the army of Israel, and they're fighting in the war while David's taking care of sheep. That must have been a lesson of humility for David. Why can't I be a warrior? Why can't I go off and fight like my older brothers? Why do I got to watch the sheep and play music? I wonder if that crossed his mind. And that could teach him humility. That I'm not in this great position like my brothers seem to be. But I trust that God's hand is with me. God's hand is leading me. And I'm going to be faithful at what God has given me. Even if it's not what I want. Even if it's not what I thought I should be doing. I'm going to humble myself and say, Lord, your will be done. Not my will be done. So we see that David's older brothers are in the war. And so we find this lesson of humility continues in David. 1 Samuel 17, verse 17 through 20. Now Jesse, his father, says to David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry on to war at their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit and see how your brothers are doing and bring back some news of assurance from them. They are with King Saul and all the men in Israel in the Valley of Elah, and they are fighting at war against the Philistines. So notice this time of humility. His older brothers are fighting in war while David's home watching sheep and playing music. And then we see David's father comes to him and heaps on the humble pie and says, Hey, David, take this bread, take this food to your brothers who are fighting in war and give this food to them and bring back good news to me. Let me know how my three oldest sons are doing. He, he wasn't telling David, go and fight the battle. You're ready for war now. He says, take them food and bring back me good news. So David, in fact, finds a third job. He's now doing a third job. He's like a skip the dishes driver in, in Israel at that time. He's a delivery driver. He's taking food to his brothers and bringing back word to his father. What humility. What, what a time of just David having to say, swallow his pride and just Okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting. I remember you've anointed me to be king one day, and yet I'm delivering food to my brothers at war? What is up with this, God? This doesn't make any sense. He was called to be a king, and yet he's delivering food. It doesn't make any sense. We also find part of David's preparation was learning bold faith. He had to learn bold faith in his God. 
despite fear, despite intimidation, he had to walk in bold faith and God was teaching him this. So he notices when he delivers food to his brothers, he notices that King Saul and all of Israel was terrified of the army of the Philistines because of their champion Goliath. Nobody wanted to fight Goliath. And he sees that everybody is scared. And David goes to the king. He's not afraid. He trusts God. He has bold faith in God. And he's prepared for such a time as this. And he says to King Saul, I will fight Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32 throughout to uh, 36. David says to King Saul, Let nobody lose heart on account of the Philistine giant. Your servant, I will go and fight him. But Saul replied, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, and I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, and I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. You see, Part of the preparation that David had to go through as a shepherd was fighting off lions and bears that would try to come stealing the sheep. And David would say, no, that is my sheep. You're not going to mess with my job and what God has given me to do. And he would go to that lion and bear and he would destroy it. He would kill it and keep that sheep safe. And now he knows that God prepared him. God used the lion and the bear to prepare him for now, for this time. This giant, that's why he wasn't afraid. Because he saw God be faithful to him to fight and kill the lion and the bear. He knew that God would now be faithful to him to help him kill this giant when everybody else was afraid. Amen? It was part of the preparation for David. Without that lion and the bear, without watching his father's sheep, he would never have been ready for this time to take on Goliath. And we know that David killed Goliath and he had victory over Goliath. Amen? Listen, you need to be encouraged that right now, God is teaching you lessons. God is preparing you right now. And he's, he's preparing you for what's down the road in your life. He's preparing you for your future. He's training you right now for your future plans that will be unfolded in your life. God knows, like he knew, David had to fight the lion and bear so that he could be prepared to fight Goliath. God knows what you have to go through right now. The battles you're dealing with, the struggles you're dealing with, the, the things that you're fighting right now, it's because in your future, there's going to be greater battles that you need to be prepared for. Amen. And God knows everything that you need to go through right now so that you will be ready for what comes in your future. Amen and amen. Yes, Lord, thank you for that. The truth is, is that your preparation right now, it's not in vain. There's reason, there's purpose behind it. Amen. Your preparation, in fact, is needed. It's required right now. So don't resist it. Allow God to take you through it and watch the wonderful things he does because of it. So David kills Goliath and Israel is thrilled 
they are so they are celebrating David, David, with the, this mighty warrior David. They're thrilled. They're celebrating. People begin loving David more than King Saul. Remember, there was a group of people that started writing music about David. You know, David has killed his his tens of thousands. Saul only killed the thousands, of thousands, or something like that. But people love David. They're thrilled about this warrior David who defeated this giant Goliath because he trusted God. And Saul now becomes jealous and tries numerous times killing David. At one time it says that Saul loved David. And he loved having him there playing his music and serving in his palace. And now because of jealousy over David, God allows Saul to try to take out David. Why would God allow David to be now in a place of his life being threatened? He was training David to trust God no matter what, even if his life is being threatened. Trust me, David. Trust me. Even, even if you're afraid, trust me. Even if your life is being threatened, you're being chased down by the enemy, trust me. He was training and preparing David and he's doing the same for us and David was running for his life he was hiding in caves for his life how does this make any sense I thought I was going to be king and I'm sleeping and hiding from this crazy king Saul I'm hiding for my life he's trying to kill me I'm hiding in a cave God what are you doing right now in fact he's training him he's preparing him but David is running for his life and he's learning to trust God alone. Don't put your trust in people. Put your trust in God. People will fail you. People will reject you. People might even try to kill you like Saul did to David. But God will be faithful always to you and to me. David wrote this very familiar passage, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And David said, maybe even possibly when he was hiding in, in caves and running in fear for his life, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. God had to teach him that. Don't be afraid of evil. Trust me. I'll fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So we see throughout this preparation that God took David through. God knew when David would be ready to take the throne. And God knows when you are ready for that next open door in your life. And he's not going to give you that next opportunity. He's not going to open up that door. He's not going to put you in a new position until he knows you are ready for it. Don't try to make it happen on your own. Don't try to make it happen in your own strength or in your own way or in your own time. Just let God continue to train you and prepare you for what's ahead like he was David because we know we know this but it's hard to believe it and to let it happen that God's timing and God's ways are perfect 
His ways and his timing is perfect. So wait upon the Lord and trust in his perfect preparation right now. This process that he has you going through. Listen as I close here shortly. Proverbs 24 verse 27. It says, Prepare your work outside and get everything ready for yourself in the field. And then after, build your house. The New Living Translation says, Do your planning and prepare your fields before you build your house. In other words, make sure the ground that you want to build your house on is going to be stable. It's going to be strong. It's going to allow for a firm foundation. If that ground is not stable, it's not able and strong enough to become a firm foundation for a house to be built on, there should not be a house being built. It's not good ground. So the scripture talks about preparing the field, preparing the ground. Oftentimes in in the days of, of scripture, people's income was brought by their fields, by their crops, right? They were farmers. And so quite possibly this could reference as well, make sure your fields are going to be good soil, good ground to produce crops in so that you can get a good income so that you can afford a house for your wife and kids. Don't just build a house and then assume that your fields are going to be good to make money to provide for your family. Make sure that things are taken care of. And just the same way applies in our lives. God's not going to build a house on, on in our lives or or give us that open door or make David the king right away until that ground is ready. God knows exactly what he needs to do to make your ground ready so that he can build on it what he wants to build. But he's got there's got to be some digging and plowing. You got to get those rocks out of that ground. You got to make it smooth and you got to make it flat and stable. You got there has to be a foundation. The most important part of any house or any building, any structure, is the foundation. Think of the CN Tower in Toronto, how tall it is. The most important, crucial aspect of that building to keep it standing is the foundation. It has to go deep. It has to be be steel rods and cement, poured cement and strength and stability in order for that house or that tower to be strong and stable. And to be secure. So God right now is preparing your fields. He's preparing your ground. He is. He's preparing your foundation so that he can build his plans and purposes on it. So don't be impatient. It's a process. It takes patience. It takes waiting. It takes some pain and heartache. But God is doing a good work. Amen. I think of the movie The Karate Kid from the 1980s. Daniel wants to learn karate, so Mr. Miyagi says, I'll teach you karate. And we find in those movies, maybe some of you have seen them, maybe you've not. They're pretty awesome movies. It pumps you up, makes you want to do karate. But part of the training process for Daniel, young Daniel, is taking some chopsticks. And one thing Mr. Miyagi can do, and it's pretty awesome, is he can catch a fly in midair with chopsticks. I already know I can't do that. I'm not going to try. <laughs> But Daniel, finally, he's practicing and practicing and practicing. And it shows that he finally gets one. And Mr. Miyagi in the movie, he's kind of stunned. And he gets a little bit frustrated, like, man, this guy actually did it. But you see, he's training him. 
hand-eye coordination. And this is part of his preparation to learn karate. And then we find Daniel, one thing Daniel says after he catches the fly in the movie, he's, his confidence is built up. And he says in the movie, he says, man, Mr. Miyagi, I guess after that, it, this means I can accomplish anything. And Mr. Miyagi is like, there's more, there's more involved here. And sometimes we can feel that way as like, okay, I've learned that lesson. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready for, I can do this. And God's like, no, there's much more training involved. And so Mr. Miyagi takes Daniel into his backyard and he gives him a paintbrush. And he says, I want you to paint the fence. And he shows him, he dips the brush in the paint. And he says, you brush up and you brush down and you brush up and you brush down over and over again, up and down. And Daniel's like, okay, I'll paint your fence, but when are we going to get to some real training here? I want to learn how to punch and kick, right? And throw someone to the floor. That's karate. And Mr. Miyagi says, first, you got to paint the fence. And it's a huge fence. And Daniel's like, okay. And he's like kind of getting frustrated. And he's like, what's going on? What is up with this? I want to learn karate. And he's going up and down and he's painting the fence, painting the fence. And once that's done, he takes him to his garage and Mr. Miyagi shows him this car. And he hands him a, a waxing rag and, and, and he says, I want you to wax the car. And so Daniel's just like kind of rubbing the car with the wax and the rag. And Mr. Mag's like, no, no. And he's like, wax on. And then wax off. Wax on. Wax off. And Daniel's like, what is going on here? Why am I painting this guy's fence? Why am I waxing his car? Did he not see? I caught the fly. I'm ready for this. But he wasn't ready. There was more preparation needed. And Mr. Miyagi knew this. But Daniel didn't know it, but he was learning it. And the reality was these movements that Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel was all part of the karate movements that he would need in a fight, in a match. And Daniel didn't know it at the time, but then when it shows him in the match, he's using these same movements of painting the fence and waxing on and waxing off. He's using his training at the time that made no sense. He's now using it part of his karate. And that's exactly how God works. God knows what he's doing right now. So let this process unfold. Don't rush it. Don't try to figure it out yourself, even if it doesn't make any sense. Just know, just keep painting that fence. Just keep waxing that car. Just keep catching those flies in midair with chopsticks and know that it's part of the preparation in your life for what God has in store. Amen. So be encouraged with that. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you for each one who's tuned in this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to know that God, your training and your preparation and this process, this journey that they are in right now, God, it's not in vain that you are fighting for them and working in them and through them. And you are preparing each one of them, God, for an incredible purpose, Lord. You know, God, you know the plans you have for us, God. You know what's coming down the road in our future, God. We don't even see what's going to happen today, but Lord, you see the future. You have all of our days laid out for us, God. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. We can believe that. And so God, help us just to allow the process of preparation right now just to take full work, to, to just co be completed in our lives. And God, we know one day we will understand why we had to go through what we went through. And we will see that was all part of our preparation. So God, thank you. Thank you for what you are preparing us for, Lord. Help us to be faithful, trusting you each day, 
throughout this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.